When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Mother's Day, sometimes I'll send a satirical meme to my kids. <laughs> you know the memes on Instagram that say like, "We have the meme queen." Oh, repost if your mother is your angel and the <laughs> queen of your life. And I'll send it. And I'll be like, "This could be us," but you guys are playing. Like, why are you not posting this about <laughs> <Yes>. me? <laughs> hey, everyone! It's your favorite moms, Ebony, and I'm Denise. Just kidding. I'm Denise. And I'm Ebony. All right. And we're here with another episode of Team Two Moms, the podcast. We've been having such an amazing time shooting this show, and we've been loving all of your feedback. So please keep it coming. Keep it, keep it, keep it coming. This podcast is going to be a safe space where people over 30 can come together talking about the things that affect their lives, like parenting, relationships, marriage, career paths, content creation, and everything in between. Today's guest is someone who we're so excited to have on. She's a mom to a popular musician, a comedian, a real estate agent, and a writer who found her true calling later on in life. We just met her today for the first time, and she's absolutely hilarious. She's joining us today to talk about finding your passion later in life. Please help us welcome Jamie Bridgers. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We are so excited to have you on. Let's just jump right into it. First and foremost, Jamie, share your background story with us. Tell Wow. Um, Okay, my background is uh, I am from a kind of a small town. Mm -hmm. I went to college up in Northern California. Nice. I went to Chico State. I studied journalism. I fell in love when I was in college uh, with my kid's dad. Uh, Mm. We... We, I worked for a while. Um, I had a lot of jobs mm-hmm. my whole life, okay. but never a career, really, because yeah. um, I was always serving, like, what's going to work with the kid's schedule and what can what can come second to that. And um, so I raised two kids. I had my kids in my 20s, mm. uh, which at the time, because I'm from a small town, felt like a really late, like I was 25. And so I was like, when I had Phoebe, and so I'm like, that felt really late. People in my hometown were like, oh, so you're not having kids, I guess. Wow. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're, no you've way. decided not to have children. No and then, way. you know, people in L.A. were like, you're a teen mom, basically, like, pick a lane. Anyway, I had my kids, and then um, I had them kind of early. I always worked, but I never had a career. And then I was married for a long time. And right around the time, I mean, I want to say, what am I? I'm 54, so like, geez, like eight years ago, mm-hmm. I was working at one of my jobs. I worked at Children's Hospital as an admin because they had health yeah. insurance and I was getting divorced. And so I had to have health insurance. So I did mm-hmm. that. My yes. kids were grown. My son was getting ready to go to college. Yes. I um, I got a meme. Someone emailed me a meme. I kind of heard through the grapevines that you're the queen of memes. I love memes <laughs> a lot. But anyway, somebody heard. sent me a meme that said, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And just right without even thinking about it, I'm like on my computer, I'm like, oh, easy, stand up comedy, like, you know, go on to the mm-hmm. next thing. And then 
right after that, I got a thing from Beth Lapidus from Uncabaret that said, do you have an unexplored creative voice? Do you mm-hmm. have a, do you feel like you have something to say that you haven't had to, you haven't gotten a chance to say yet? Mm-hmm. And I was still typing that. I went, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. First of all, it doesn't cost anything to stand up. You know, it might cost some shame points if you bomb, but like you could literally go down to the pig and whistle and get on the open mic now. (laughs) You know, it's like it doesn't cost anything. It's like a hobby that doesn't cost anything, really. Uh, And if you do well, then you do make a little bit of money. It can be kind of fun. So I started Mm -hmm. doing stand up, which I found to be like a lazy person's writing gig Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can tell yourself, oh, I'm going to write something about my life. But unless you have a deadline or something where you have to stand in front of people for like 10 or 15 minutes, if you're like me, you're just going to keep pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. So then I'd be like, oh, man, I have my set tonight. I'm going to write it. And then I started writing some things that rang a little more true than others. And then I started writing a little more long form things. Mm -hmm. And um, Beth and I started working on some things. And then I started to consider myself a writer, which is kind of interesting because it's almost like saying you're an artist like you let other people say that Mm -hmm. you don't say Mm -hmm. that about yourself anyway it was really fun and I really did learn a lot from my daughter Mm -hmm. uh, because she's a performer and I was Mm -hmm. always really good at encouraging her but not very good at encouraging myself and so it's it's really easy to be like here's what you need to do you just need to get some confidence and go do the thing and then once she started to launch and things were going better for her. I didn't have as much, like I had a lot of extra energy. My son was, my son went to college. He did really well. Mm-hmm. He didn't need as much of me. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot more of me than I was comfortable with just sitting on, you know, mm-hmm. just having around. And also, um, I mean, I'll be very frank. I, I was in a marriage that was kind of chaotic mm-hmm. yeah. to say the least. And so when that was over, my life got really pleasant, Mm -hmm. but also boring. I love how you said that. Yeah. Like sometimes if you're used to chaos and you're you're faced with something that's very pleasant, Mm -hmm. you can be like, where's the emergency? I'd like an emergency to happen. And stand-up comedy to me is awesome because it's a series of emergencies. Mm. Now, with stand-up comedy, was this something you always knew, but you shelved it because you became a mom and you're like, you know, I'm... You were dedicated to your children. We always put our kids first First. sometimes. Uh, Right, as we should, I think. But also, we forget about ourselves in that equation sometimes, too. So I think it's like I can give myself more fully to my kids because I have a full life now than I was able to before Mm -hmm. when I was pretending like it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It matters a lot. And I think kids really need to see you model that. Correct. Um, So anyway, yeah, so stand-up ends up being like this – it feels dangerous, but it's really not. The worst possible thing that can happen is your jokes don't go over, and you go home and you rewrite them. Mm-hmm. And when it hits, it you get that same feeling like that you're jumping out of an airplane, and mm-hmm. you know you, everything's worked out. It feels really nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's why I started doing that. And mm-hmm. then I got an offer from a really good friend that I've known for like 25 years mm-hmm. to work in real estate, and I'd always been afraid to do that. Okay, wait, so first came the comedy, and then you're like, I'm going to add another layer to this. Totally. Nice. Because I think I just had more confidence just to get out. And, I mean, if you can do stand-up for 15 minutes in Mm -hmm. front of a packed room. You can honestly do anything. Exactly. And people really do respect it. I mean, I don't usually talk about the fact that I do stand-up with my real estate clients unless they already know. And some of Mm -hmm. them do. (laughs) But I usually wait until escrow closes, and then I'll invite them to a show. (laughs) Are you ever, like, touring a house and, like, Making jokes, Cracking and jokes and then, like and the, the client I think is like <laughs> within certain parameters of professionalism, it does okay. help. Yes, uh, my kids tease me because anything I'll make. Um, 
you know, I'll make an analogy out of anything. Mm-hmm. So if I know the person's a musician, I'm like, this is like the bass player of condos. <laughs> and my kids are like, God, why do you always do that? Or if the person's into sports, I'm like, this is a really good first baseman. <laughs> and um, and my kids, Your are, kids like, are like, mom. Yeah, totally, totally. But, you know, sometimes I will go into a house and I'll be like, okay, here's the deal with this house. This is a solid Ford Focus. Yeah. Get in, you know? <laughs> Like, you did not come here today to get a Lamborghini. You came in to get this Ford Focus, Focus. and it's going to do its job. But, you know, I do a lot of analogies, and occasionally I'll make jokes or whatever, but I try not to make people think that I'm trivializing their experience with real estate. Okay, I see the balance there. It's almost like having a baby, because most people don't do it all the time. Mm -hmm. You do it maybe once, maybe three times in your life, most people. Mm -hmm. By the time you get good at it, you don't need to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, like getting a kid into college, you know, I'm really good at getting a kid into college. I don't have any more to get into college. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time my son was in college, I was like, I know how this works. I get yes. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel the same way about real estate. And then when I finally got it and started helping people and seeing families be thrilled, mm-hmm. that's the best part. The best part about real estate is when I get to take that picture of people like a family standing on their front step. Yes. And they're stoked. Yes. And then it gets better because like a year later, if I get invited to their kid's birthday party (laughs) or, you know, God willing, five years later, they're like, hey, you know what? We're ready to get a bigger house and we really loved working with you. you. That's the ultimate thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really super salesy. I'm not good at selling Mm -hmm. things, but houses are like that's the only smart decision I ever made about money. Mm -hmm. So to me, it makes total sense. And then the comedy is a nice foil for that because it's hard to. You know, I I don't really have any hobbies. What are my hobbies? That? Yeah. Comedy? Comedy. Yeah, totally. And I also don't want to trivialize people who do comedy professionally. You know, the people who actually make their living doing it, that's Mm -hmm. a hustle. But I also equate hobbies with something you actually are passionate and love doing. Mm -hmm. So you're actually doing what you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they say, you know, you should tell the story that only you can tell. Correct. And I didn't see a lot of me. Doing stand-up? Dig even deeper. What do you mean a lot of you? There's not a lot of middle-aged women who have this, like, J. Jill situation, Mm -hmm. like, getting up there. So sometimes, especially on the West Side, you know, there's a lot of what I'd consider, like, traditional comedy Mm -hmm. on the West Side where people are like, am I right, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. And then, you know, Beth Lapidus at Uncabaret, I I hammer on it, but, I mean, literally, she, like, has such a different voice. Mm -hmm. She wants to hear authentic voices, Mm -hmm. authentic stories, um, original material. And that's what's fun about Uncabaret is you're not really supposed to do anything you've done before. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to do something new every time. Mm -hmm. So that is a good writer's practice. Mm -hmm. Just kind of get in that space and get used to writing all the time. Mm -hmm. And I mostly did it because I wanted something fun to do that I could maybe do maybe well. But Mm -hmm. also I wanted to hang out in the green room with Mm -hmm. comedians and writers. I wanted to basically sit at the cool kids table. And so Mm -hmm. I just basically invited myself. And then those people are so nice and accommodating. Like if you do well, they're always really supportive. If you do poorly, they're like, hey, it's all right. You know, I I like it. It's almost like musicians. Musicians are very loving to each other Mm -hmm. nine times out of Mm ten. Wow. And so growing up in L.A., I found that my daughter, you know, was always if if you can play something well, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your dad does for a living or where you what kind of car you drove up in people are stoked correct i agree this is why i'm so inspired by you and why we have you here is because mm-hmm. we are believers that age is just a number it is it's just a number 
You just can... a large, uncomfortable number. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I know. Yes, of course. Well, it's let's just, face it. I right? at 35, I was not living the way that I'm living now. I was not living authentically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wasn't living authentically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you didn't allow like where you were in age to stop you from mm-hmm. pursuing your passions yeah. and what you love to do. And you it's, saw. It's definitely okay to shift gears. Like for instance, me and Ebony. Prior to being influencers, we were in corporate America. Like yes. she has her degree in forensic science, and I have my degree in electrical engineering. Um, so this is a shift for us. Totally, we walked shift. away from that. We was yeah. like, we want to get into our passion. We want to be sure. creators and creatives. And we had, you know, some noise in our ears. But your parents, how can you do that concurrently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not stable enough. And I'm pretty sure that's probably what held you back too, probably for some time as well. Like, yeah, I didn't know how to define myself in any yeah. of the spaces that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to just nerd out about the spaces I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, um, you know, I, it, it is interesting when you have your kids young because you want it. I wanted kids so much that really yes. to the exclusion of anything else. Yes. You know, I, I d- yeah, I didn't choose a partner that was going to be really great for me. Mm-hmm. I chose a partner that was going to have health insurance and a job. Like <laughs> I literally was like, we're going to do this right and we're going to get it done. Yeah. And yeah. so I wanted to have kids early because I was worried that I couldn't have them. Mm-hmm just because I was convinced that it was hard because a lot of people I saw around me were struggling. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do the math. Like, they were struggling because they were older. Mm-hmm. Not that it's wrong to wait, but, like, you're super fertile in your 20s when you're probably way too stupid to do it right. Mm-hmm. But I literally grew up kind of with my kids because yes. Phoebe was my first. You know, she really taught me how to be a mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful about that. And then Jackson came along. And, you know, with the second kid, you, you probably know this too, mm-hmm. they see you as second to their sibling. Maybe not every kid, but mm-hmm. Phoebe saw it like her family unit was her, me, and her dad. Okay. Her brother saw our family unit as himself, his sister, me, and, their, and his dad. Spot on with our family. Yeah, so it's Spot like, on. what is she doing? Mm-hmm. So the older sibling gets used to like setting the agenda. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, birth order totally matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nurture more than nature, but still it has a lot to do with birth order. Correct. Um, Anyway, I just kind of grew up with them. I had my kids early. So that meant that I was an empty nester early. Mm -hmm. And then you look around. I mean, I have some friends who have little kids. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a young mom, I used to get really offended when people would be like, let's go out to dinner. Can you get a babysitter? I was like, my kids define me. They're literally my life. Like, if you don't want to hang out with my kids, you don't want to hang out with me. And (laughs) And now I'm at the age where I'm like, maybe one time we could get a sitter (laughs) or I have friends who are like you know they're like my age and their kid is like running around like havoc 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 Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I kind of already did that because when my kids were little my house was very child-centered everything in the house was about that Mm -hmm. and now I'm like um that wine glass is actually my favorite like don't 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 don't, don't." (laughs) and I don't want to be that lady but I'm also like Maybe it can be that way. <laughs> of course. I mean, we, we talk about a lot about what life would look like when the kids are gone from the home, you know, when they are all in their own lives and stuff. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. She <laughs> might be the only one like, now. I'm still yeah. in the moment right now. Yeah, so well, I think like, the, the real tragedy, not tragedy, but the piece of motherhood that can sometimes be yeah. sad is that you really do miss it. Mm. But in the mm. middle of it, you're so tired. Mm-hmm. It's 
physically fatiguing and emotionally fatiguing. That it is. I'm not complaining, but it is hard, hard work, emotional labor, physical labor, and some days you just want a day off. Yes. And you're not going <laughs> to get it until it's too late. So yeah. I think it's good. You know, you guys are partners together. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not giving you any advice that you don't already know, but like, Make sure that you get a little bit of time for yourself so you can really appreciate it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you get overwhelmed, you can start doing a bad job. You just get you get maxed out. You're doing a bad job. You start to be triggered. Yeah, correct. And you're and mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier off camera, but little kids and teenagers especially will trigger you at your soft spot. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the core. They're uniquely they qualified to hurt your feelings. Yes. And they're not idiots. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, quite the opposite. And mm-hmm. so if they are ever like, you know, I have writer friends, you know, whose kids will be like, I'm not one of your characters in one of your <laughs> screenplays or, you know, this isn't that. And I remember one time Phoebe and I were going to a music festival in San Francisco and we were getting ready to leave. And she was like 15. We're leaving the mm-hmm. hotel. And I turned to her and I was like, you're dressed like a prostitute. <gasps> no she, way. Yeah. she. I was like, you're dressed like a prostitute, which was, of course, a low point for me. Yes. And she goes you're dressed like you're on your way to the wharf to buy souvenirs. And I went, respect. Like, I have never loved you more. <laughs> I was like, you nailed it. Wait. Let's go. Why am I already dealing with that with my 11-year-old? She's oh, sharp. because they're smarter because they, they have media. Are. Yeah, they're smarter. That's more smart. I'm like, you are very sharp. But then I also see my replica. So I only have me to blame for that, too. Like she's it's like, like a copy and paste. It's a copy and paste. <laughs> the things that you love about yourself will come out, and the things that you hate about yourself will come really? out in equal measure. Yes. And it's okay to acknowledge it. And I think it's also okay to just tell your kids sometimes, like, hey, I'll tell my son mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I know why you do things that way. I invented that mm-hmm. behavior. So mm-hmm. I gave it to you, and I'm sorry. But also, it's, it's sometimes it's impossible to give people appropriate notes that life just has to teach mm-hmm. them but mm-hmm. you don't want them to have any pain Correct. you don't it's like you, you want to protect them at all costs at all costs and i think that's where we're struggling right now with we are allowing them to grow into their own little adults but at the same time wanting to like coddle and protect them mm-hmm. you also don't want to know somebody who's never had their heart broken <sighs> those yeah. people are not fun people to hang out with yes Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, my yeah. mom and dad love me and everything's perfect all the time. Yeah, I get it. But like, <laughs> that person doesn't always make a substantive partner. Mm-hmm. I love knowing that my parents love me. That gives me a lot of confidence. But mm-hmm. the fact that we struggled or that there were some hiccups in my life or pain, yes. that just builds character. But you don't want your kid to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But we were also talking about like, you, yeah. you want your kids to be like, oh, my mom's are whatever I'm leaving the house you want them to launch you don't want anybody that's like my Mm -hmm. mommy is my favorite and I love her on Mother's Day sometimes I'll send a satirical meme to my kids (laughs) you know the memes on Instagram that say like we have the meme queen oh repost if your mother is your angel and the (laughs) queen of your life and I'll send it and I'll be like this could be us but you guys are playing like why are you not posting this about (laughs) me why am I not I'm supplying you with the content to post come on I'm helping you out you're my daughter by I brought you in this world but I could take you out (laughs) (laughs) well we talked about that too like it's really hard to raise people who aren't afraid of you yes Mm -hmm. and I'm I might be the last generation at least in California I don't Mm -hmm. know about the rest of the country but like at least in my group I'm maybe the last generation whose parents thought it was okay to take a swat at you once in a while Mm -hmm. and like clearly not okay but it's really hard to go 
cold turkey into this new generation and be like, no hitting. What else is there if there's no hitting? Okay, there's talking to a three-year-old who's Mm -hmm. having a target meltdown. Like you, And I was afraid of my mom. I respected my mom. I was afraid of her. Same. And I feel like my kids aren't afraid of me. And so you just have to open up into the space of like, we're out here without a net. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. like a this is spacewalk. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nobody knows what it looks like on the other side. You know, when I was a kid, it was like you know just a bunch of hi- hippies who didn't hit their kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it correct. was almost like that's a loving gesture. Correct. So it's like now it's like, all right, how are we doing this? How are we doing this? How do we figure this out? Right. <laughs> yes. And I think it's fair to tell your kids sometimes like, what's happening right now is not bringing out the best in me. Yeah, I'm going to need a minute. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to need a minute. I'm having a personal crisis with Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how there are parenting trends now in our world. And one of those trends is gentle parenting. And it's just so different from when we were growing up where gentle parenting was never even. Totally. They were like, we want to keep you alive until 18. Correct. That's like the basic want. That is not like follow your passion. Yes. (laughs) What do you find? What, how, what gives you reverence? Tell me yeah. your feeling. How they were like, we're going to church today? and you're late and I'm going to swat. If you don't, yes. like, uh, yeah. Or for example, like our children, and this is by our doings, it's a restaurant in our house. Mm. Growing up, it was yeah, we whatever was put in front of you, that is what you ate that day. Mm-hmm. No questions I mean, asked. It's kind of my fault a little I mean, bit. Because I'm like the chef of the house. You want to accommodate people? You like chicken? She likes to accommodate. Also, I feel like if you put something in front of your wife to eat and Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, this isn't really working for me, you're not going to be like, well, you better eat it. You're not going to do that. You want to treat your children as Mm -hmm. if they have agency in the family. Correct. We used to have a thing where you were allowed to eat what was happening without comment. Mm -hmm. Like no negative comments during the meal. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have to wait till the next day to be like, you know what, broccoli and rice, not my favorite really, mom, but not during the meal. You were also allowed to get up from the table without talking about it and make a peanut butter sandwich. Oh, okay. Which is such a weird rule because it's like such a, like it's such a nasty flex for a kid to be like, not making my sandwich. (laughs) But then as a parent, you're also not supposed to talk about it. Like you're not supposed to be like, why aren't you eating your chicken? You'd just be like, Maybe it wasn't working out. It wasn't working out. You didn't feel for it that day. You know, bringing it back to you and your daughter, I saw a clip where, really touched me right here, where she was just so appreciative of the sacrifices you made. Oh, that's nice. To get her to where she (laughs) is. No, I mean, she's been really great because... I I mean, (laughs) let's face it, um, every mom, every mom worth a dime is going in the dirt for their kid on the daily. Pulling up everything. So, you know, people say, oh, how do you raise a musician? I'm like, the same way you'd raise a softball player or a scientist. Like, you get them what they want what they need the to tools. get to the thing that they need. Like mm-hmm. every mom's like practice, dads too, you know, you've got, you know, the equipment, mm-hmm. the research, the summer camps, the things. The thing about music that makes it so fun is yeah. a lot of people make a lot of sacrifices for their kids, but their kids don't get famous, so they never get a chance to be like, I'd like to thank my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so that's been really meaningful. Yes. And then, you know, Phoebe's brother is three years younger. Mm-hmm. 
and he's done super well too and i have to constantly like remind the world like i have a son too and okay. it's and phoebe's mm -hmm. really great with her brother they work together they've done tons of stuff together but mm -hmm. because he's a behind the camera guy mm -hmm. I have a lot of his photography and art, but I have a lot of photos of Phoebe. Mm -hmm. So it looks like I have really good taste in photography and also a daughter oh. at my house. So yes. I'm like digging for like, I need another picture of your brother. And then I'll be like, Jackson, can you send me another picture? Um, but you know, you do what you can to make your kids happy mm -hmm. and you try to use your life lessons. I think sometimes you do too much. Maybe mm -hmm. people I see people do way too much, mm -hmm. like spoon feed their kids the experience. I think Phoebe benefited as a musician from us not having too much. Uh, there was some struggle. She had to work like she busked at the farmer's market mm -hmm. in Hollywood and in Pasadena mm -hmm. once a week. That's how she paid for like her school clothes and her spending mm -hmm. money. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in a way. I'm not saying that if she if I had it to do over again that that would necessarily be the best thing, but it mm -hmm. really made her. She knows how to work a room. Mm -hmm. She had to play for like four hours in a row, so there was no like, here's my one song, congratulations. You know, it was like I'm gonna sing, and she so she had to prepared. learn the music catalog of like what what people would want played at their 40th birthday party. Wow. Yes. She also taught guitar lessons. Very nice to little kids. And the reason she taught to little kids, obviously, she was a kid, mm -hmm. but because it was so fun for her to just teach them what they wanted. Mm -hmm. yes. And so she learned every Taylor Swift song on guitar. Wow. And that was awesome. Wow. Because sometimes people are like, you know, parents are like, well, we want you to learn uh, the Muddy Waters uh, song. And the kids are like, I want the Taylor Swift song. You know, it's like, <laughs> of course we all so want. Just, yeah. yeah. I always kind of scoff when parents are like, well, my kids really like the Misfits. No, they don't. Or maybe they do. And that's not going to get them fun at all. Like, I saw Barney in concert twice, you guys. I took Phoebe to see a band called Shadaisy. God love them. Pop country Shadaisy. Um, it's like, yeah. And honestly, like, one of the most important musical experiences of her life, whenever they ask her, like, who was your first concert? She'll be like, well, I remember going well. to see Neil Young. I was like, yeah, that was the eighth grade. Do you remember the sixth grade? Do you remember 10th row at Kelly Clarkson? Because I do. And that was a banger show. All respect. Wow. You know, there were some shows where I was like, yeah, we're really doing this. And, you know, I was full in. Yes. T-shirt, program, merch, totally. Yes. And Kelly Clarkson's totally killing it. But, you know, Phoebe finally aged into a place where she's super stoked about sharing some of her early music. Correct, yes. So she just did a podcast where they asked her, like, her favorite songs, and she played the Hilary Duff song, mm -hmm. which is funny because I was like, right out of the gate, like, Hilary Duff was super important to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because it was pop music and because it was made for young women, it didn't get the cool factor okay you know like ah. when you want to flex like yeah, yeah. Yes. you know they, like they always ask young women who are wearing heavy metal shirts like do you even listen to that band and phoebe's like of course not <laughs> <laughs> why am i that person too <laughs> yeah it's like no i listen to music that i like, like to listen to correct. that young women are making for you know Absolutely. but anyway it's just fun because i was like nice mm. no disrespect to neil young mm -hmm. but you did not start there <laughs> And you don't have to start there. Um, why, why would you? <laughs> Frankly. Sorry. How did you balance your time between, 
your daughter's career and your son? Like, because our daughter, she's definitely like, I want to be an actress and I want to move mm -hmm, to California. Mm -hmm. And her yeah, brothers are over here like, she has a bunch of dreams. Yeah, that's that's you. And we have three. And we're like, okay, how are we going to balance this? You know, mm -hmm. I was lucky because I do live in Pasadena in, okay. in Los Angeles County. So it was pretty nice. Being from a small town, some of the opportunities that Phoebe got weekly, if, if we had been living in a small town mm -hmm. in the middle of America, she might have only had those things happen once or twice a year, if at all. Okay. I think what happens to kids who are who, who are raised in small towns, mm -hmm. they um, they get older. They find the cool kid at the record store. Yes. They find their little group, and then yes. maybe they move right mm -hmm. out of the gate to a place. Mm -hmm. Or you know, there's some small towns that have great music scenes. Mm -hmm. You would find it, but Phoebe almost didn't even have to look for it. We had Amoeba Records. Okay. You know, she ran away from home once yes. for 12 hours. 12 hours. What? Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. I dropped her off at school. What? And when it came time for her to get picked up, like, she hadn't gone to school. She had basically gone to high school, walked in, turned around and gotten on the bus and gone, like, Were she was like, the, I'm out of here. Were you, you freaking, freaking out? out? Yeah. <laughs> I was in a way, but because we're so cell phone dependent, I God, could really could... see that she was using her phone. Okay. So I called a couple of her friends and was like, I was like, where is she? And there were like a couple, couple of them. They know who they are. They know what they did. <laughs> the ones who covered it up. The ones who were like, I'm sorry, Jamie, but I haven't heard from her. I was like, well, I can see that you did at 325 <laughs> today. And um, I'm going to call your mother as soon as I'm done with this crisis. Oh, no and then way. one kid, I won't say his name because I don't embarrass him in the world. But... Um, <laughs> But you know one, who you are. One kid did say, you might want to check Amoeba Records. Okay. So I oh. called Amoeba Records and I had her paged and she answered the page. <gasps> but she was young and I'm sure she was also afraid. Like she didn't have a plan. Yes. yes. And uh, I said, I'm going to come and get you. She goes, okay, but we can't talk about it at all. Now and I made, that, I made that okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So I picked her up and we drove home like this. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that Amoeba was where she went. Yes. Like, that's a church, in a way, for mm -hmm. music people. And so mm -hmm. that was fun. Yes. She and got to do that. how old was she when she did that? Like 15? 15. 15. Oh, oh, we got I something. Had, oh. I would have had SWAT team. I yeah. Know. Everybody in. I, <laughs> I know. I know. If it had gotten dark. Yes. Yes. It was almost dark. I would have definitely freaked out. But, yes. you but know. But I love how you also respected her boundaries. And it's like, you know, Mom, I really don't want to talk about this. And. You had that drive home in that awkward silence. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I respected her boundaries. <laughs> no, I was just like, I'm going to get her home safe, and then and we're going to talk about it forever. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. you That's a natural thing to maybe experiment with, yes. cutting class and just going away. Correct. I mean, it's not running away from home like night on the streets or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've cut class before. Have you cut class before? No. No? I have not. Sorry. Oh. But I mean, okay. I, I thought about it. I thought about You don't understand. I'm, I was afraid of my mama. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was afraid. See, we already talked about today's kids. Different. It's a little yeah. different. I feel like there's always groups of people. There's people who cut class a little, people yes. who never did, Correct. people who've bounced a check before, people mm -hmm. who never have, mm -hmm. people who've eaten an entire pie by Mom themselves, the check. people who never have. Never yeah, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been in groups where they're like, never have I ever, and people like bounced a check, and there's always people like, oh, no, and I'm like, <laughs> enjoy your time alone. Enjoy yes. your time alone. I yes. ate a whole pie by myself one Fourth of July, and it's like a story I tell sometimes because it was like just a total example of like a low point. Yeah. 
where I didn't even think about whether or not I was going to finish the pie. I started the pie with a view to finishing the pie. And I ate the whole pie. And when I was done, I was like, done. And I have friends that are like, did you slice it up? <laughs> no way. I'm like, you don't no. know what I'm talking about You're not at understanding all. this and analogy then you, here, me eating a whole pie. What type of pie was it, though? Cherry. It's cherry. cherry pie. Yeah, There's cherry always pie. one person pie. in the group who's like, done it and i'm like thank you yes. you can really find your people if you're like yes. this is something that i'm ashamed of mm-hmm. or frankly at this point i'm not proud of some of the things i've done but i'm also not ashamed of them mm-hmm. correct you've learned you've lived oh. right right i mean i'm i always say like i was the best of moms i was the worst of moms mm-hmm. yeah. sure mm-hmm. any given day are there things i like to highlight because i feel like i did a good job absolutely yeah. are there things i hope to god my kids never discuss for yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. so now now this brings me to the time you became an empty nester mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want to hear about the first time you started comedy you mm-hmm. had an audience tell me your first experience well in one way it was beth's class because i went to okay. take her workshop okay. and i asked my friend susan Harmon to join me mm-hmm. and she's such a good friend and she knew I was going through some stuff. And, she, and I was like, hey, there's Monday at 7 o'clock. There's this class, and I'd like to take it. Would you want to do it with me? And she goes, yes. And then I found out later she kind of maybe didn't really want to, but she knew that it would be. And she called me that day, and she said, do you know you have to do five minutes? So you had to stand up and do five minutes of material. Five minutes in theory sounds short. Oh, but, but, but it's like a long oh, time. That's like no. 50 totally. minutes. <laughs> so... You do five minutes and then Beth critiques you for five minutes. And I have to say, honestly, oh. that five minutes, I killed. Oh, wait, that five I, minutes, I, I killed. Sometimes I use that word as a positive. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was okay. the best five minutes of my life. Okay. 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 Oh, no. That time. Not consistently killing it. Okay. But that time, it's also almost like taking a rookie to the track and they win a bunch of money because they're never going to not want to go. <laughs> yeah. And they're never going to not love it. You're right. So I did my five minutes. It killed. And I was like, I'm amazing. This is great. I got critiqued. I felt good about it. I kept going back. Not always killing it, but definitely Mm -hmm. trying it a little harder. And then I got to where I was like, if you do it at all and you get Mm -hmm. a couple laughs, it feels amazing. Amazing. And on nights where it goes great, it feels so good. And so uh, I I did a couple of open mics. Mm I, yeah, I did a lot of open mics. And always younger people are doing those, Mm -hmm. and that's really fun. So they don't expect me. Correct. So when I show up, it's like, already I have an advantage. And then uh, through the open mics, I got booked on some shows with some people who are booking, like, the Comedy Store, Mm -hmm. the Laugh Factory. So I I went to the open audition at the Ice House in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And I I made friends with Dave McNary. Um, May he rest in peace. He was amazing. He used to book the ice house the second stage of the ice yes, house yes. and he did it with such joy and grace mm-hmm. and he made it so nice and he was like i really loved your bone density joke <laughs> and uh i was like thank you you don't always hear the bone density joke uh at the ice house but i went um one night i was doing the second stage at the ice house and i was waiting backstage to go on and dave came in and he goes we need an, an opener with a clean 10 for Fritz Coleman on the main stage. What? I, I guess the, the opener spot. couldn't make it or they had something. And I was uh, like, and all these comedians are sitting backstage like, yeah, clean 10. <laughs> and I was like, me, I have a clean 10. 
Jamie, I love this. So I wow. went and I did my clean 10 for mostly older people. Wait, what do, what do you mean by clean 10? No dirty words. Oh. Not oh. too much sexual, like just not a lot of in okay. you. Like a clean, a wholesome, wholesome 10. 10. Yeah. Got it. You know, with a little bit of fun, but still like. Yes. Yeah. To make the people, maybe they came from church. Maybe they, Got you know, whatever. Um, to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly, I was just looking at like an ARP group, which frankly isn't that old anymore. Mm-hmm. I got my free ARP cooler the other day and I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> just have to move into it. But you know what I loved the other day? I uh, My son's friend came to visit. He lives in Pittsburgh. Okay. And he's gay. He lives in Pittsburgh. He mm-hmm. was raised in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And like, let's face it, West Hollywood is like Disneyland if you're gay. <laughs> you know, I mean, Disneyland. sure, there's probably some solid gay bars in Pittsburgh. I'm sure there are a hundred percent. But it's not quite like the Abbey, correct? Yeah. So I was like, John, let's go to the Abbey yes. Yes. and have fun. And we had so much fun. And I was nice. literally wearing a caftan. But because of my age, there are gay guys there that were like, "Night, where did you get your caftan? I was like, am I really finally living my best life? This is an iconic moment, y'all. Yeah, where I was like, apparently there's a type of older gay guy or middle-aged gay guy who is aspirationally looking to my menocore outfit and like... Nicely nice. played, yes. And then the guy, the guys were dancing and having fun, and we got Jackson to join us, and it was super fun and Correct. just like a celebration. And of course, all of Jackson's like queer friends were like, "Well, you don't go to the Abbey; you go to this place." And I was like, "I go to the Abbey. I want the Elizabeth Taylor c- cocktail. I, I'm going to the Abbey. Like, oh, sure, you know, there's other bars that are maybe a little bit of a deeper cut. But I was Correct. like, for John, he's from out of town. We're gonna okay. show him a good time. Okay, I'm gonna love my caftan. Should we go to the Abbey? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fun. I mean, okay. it's super fun to see. And there's a lot of really good-looking um, dancers. Ooh, okay. okay. You know, they're fit. They're yes. lovely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're comfortable with having We're somebody. We're going to segment at the Abbey with Jamie. And, you know, there's another phase to parenting. Yes. You know, it doesn't stop at 18. It you've sure got, does not. you know, and then does you've got not. kids who are like dealing with things I didn't deal with. Correct. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know. That's true. This new, this generation is different. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Phoebe was in high school, she wasn't doing her homework yes. at one point. And I was like, really, it was like a reckoning. Because I was mm-hmm. like, we have to, we were in therapy together. I was like, you have to do your homework. And she started crying. She goes, you know, she's like, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm gay. And I was like, you know what gay women do? Their homework. AKA, <laughs> <laughs> okay, please don't make that an excuse. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, they yeah. literally do the most of it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Pick a lane. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but also, you know, and then she's like, you can attest like, to that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. did my work. I did my work. And we, did it. We, got our, yeah, we did our homework. But like, you know, I didn't want to trivialize it, but I also didn't want to make it like, oh, she has a special need. Mm-hmm. Special yeah. needs kid. I'm like, I'm she's literally fine. She mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do it. But then what was awesome especially watching Phoebe and mm. Jackson too together yeah. the minute they got to decide what they did mm-hmm. they did it great mm. Phoebe doesn't want to spend five seconds doing something she doesn't Does not like mm-hmm. or isn't good at mm-hmm. but the things that she's good at that she likes she, she works way harder than mm-hmm. anybody yep. mm-hmm. so yep. it was really nice to see I mean the best day of my life stay she graduated from mm-hmm. high school mm-hmm. so I was like 
don't have to wake her up. I'm done with that. Waking up a teenager is really a skill set that I don't have. Yes, because we already have an issue. They're mad. (laughs) Yeah, I have to go in very gentle. Yes. Hi, baby. It's time Time to to wake wake up. up. I know. That's my approach. And then it's like, I got a really nice human being that's waking up. Not me. I'm like, wake up. She I'm like, guess that. who else didn't want to wake up? This girl. Yes. Get <laughs> it up. I, I, get I it out. empathize with her. Yeah. I get it. I actually get it. Yes. Yay. I'm not going to wake you up like Princess Margaret with like the teaspoon and the ting, 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 ting. Correct. <laughs> so on a closing up, what advice would you give to someone later on in life who probably has doubts that they should pursue a passion that they always had in their life, but they feel as though age would hold them back? You know, Tracy McMillan, who's one of my favorite writers, she's just did that show. She's in charge of that show, Unprisoned, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And mm-hmm. I've been following her forever. Mm-hmm. She always says, you have to start with parenting yourself. Correct. Mm. So don't do it blindly. Don't do it in a way that is going to make you poor or necessitous mm-hmm. or, you know, not happy. Mm-hmm. But if you've got to, if you're parenting yourself... Then go ahead and parent yourself. Mm -hmm. And that energy that you've been giving to your family and probably your friends, friends. go ahead and give it to yourself. Be like, if I were a character in this play, what is her next act? I love that analogy. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes my friend Steve will will be like, who's writing your show? Mm -hmm. Because some seasons are good. Some seasons are single camera, multi-camera. Some seasons are HBO. Some are Fox. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to roll with it. And and be like, you know, am I in this show or that show? Mm -hmm. And then I know that that's, you know, a reductive way to think about life. But it's also sometimes just an easy way to get through the day. It is. Mm -hmm. Be like, today I'm on a multi-camera show. Hi. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, this got real dark. It got real HBO real fast. Yeah, totally. I want a single cam now. Yeah. And like balancing like the dark and the light parts of of existence are, it's just super important. Like, you know. Some days I'm a little blue, some days I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just have to embrace it. And that's one thing. I'm way too old to say I just discovered this, but I did. The uncomfortable feelings, sometimes you just have to sit with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to do something and they've always wanted to do it, they should. Just do, do it. it. Yeah. Just do Was it. Was it George Eliot? It's a it's a nom de plume of a woman who pretended to be a man to write mm-hmm. back when mm-hmm. you had to. Yes. Not that you'd have to do that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, mm-hmm. it w- they said um, it's never too late to be who you could have been. It's never too late to be who you absolutely. Could. Wow. And so you know what I mean? Like I'm 54. I might have a long time left. Yes. I want to make sure that I'm not just like looking back and that I can look forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, within reason. Correct. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful advice. But we, we're going to have some fun now. You ready to play a little? We're so we're playing so we've been playing a game with our guests. And depending on who the guest is, we kind of change the game around. Okay. Are you ready to have a fun game right now? Totally. All right, let's All do right. it. All right, everyone, welcome back. Now we're going to play a fun game called Guess the Song. Are we ready? So ready. ready. We got the bow with the different lyrics, lyrics in it. <laughs> and so you're going to have to guess the song. And if you need help, phone right. a friend. Okay. okay. I'm probably am. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. I dug my key into the side of his pretty oh. little so- Sorry. souped, souped up, up four-wheel drive. Okay. <laughs> and 
We're going to give that point to Jamie. Jamie, what song is that? Um, okay, hold on. It's Next Time He Cheats. And <laughs> bonus points for the artist? The artist is, um, sorry, I, I'm not going to, she was on American Idol. She's the most successful American Idol graduate. And I'm drawing Wait, a blank because yeah. I'm feeling Kelly so Clarks? No. No, no, no. So, uh, uh, Kel- no disrespect close. to Kelly. Um, Country singer. Oh, yes. Oh, um. It's Ooh. not Miranda Lambert. K- it's K- K- Carrie Underwood. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I did it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That no, was a collaborative yeah, yeah, yeah. effort. Thank you for helping. That, <laughs> okay. Okay. That was Sorry. a collaborative Wow. <laughs> Next lyric. I come home in the morning light. My mother says, when you're going to live your life right. Bunch of softballs here. <laughs> ah. um, I'm going to go... I can't think of the name, but I feel like the artist is very familiar with somebody on this panel. I'm like, I'm Hermione. I'm like, <laughs> no. <coughs> Go ahead. Oh, help. 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 Okay, ahead. it's Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and it's by Cindy Lauper. Can we have, like, the main bridge? <laughs> oh, yeah. Corinth. Coming home. In the morning light, my, my mother, mother says, when, when you're going to live your life, life right. Yep, yep. Cause the girls just wanna have fun. Oh, girls just wanna Here's have fun. That's all they really want. Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I don't hear the melody, I get it. You guys are maybe you're a little young. A little young. A little young. Man. Oh no, this is nice. Oh okay. no. If she- no, this back. is nice. Okay. This is can a nice you, callback. Can you say the lyric with the melody? It helps. Um, this one I can't. It's a newer. I'm just going to give you a little oh, clue. Okay. okay. The scars of your love remind me of us. They keep me thinking that we almost had it all. <sighs> we almost had it all. <laughs> you can tell they have young kids. <laughs> can I see that lyric one more time? Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, Adele. I know, but it's I Adele. Know. I, it's Adele. Winner, 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 winner. winner, winner. <laughs> winner, winner. <laughs> I think the concert. I love was it how whenever we sing, we're like. <laughs> <laughs> burda, 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 burda. <laughs> Wait, did we put the ones you already did back in? I, I didn't because I was I raised on the side. properly. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Other people may have made different decisions. Everyone's on their own journey. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Somebody once Look, told me the world is gonna roll me. me. I ain't the I sharpest tool in the shed. Put on the spot. I don't know the person's name, but it's gonna... um. Hey now, I you're know, a. No. Hey now, you're a rock, rock star. star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what is the name of your? <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't it? Isn't it rock star? Or hey now you're a rock star. Hey. All star. All star. Hey star. now you're an all star. Thank you. Okay. Sorry okay. about that. 
Hey, <laughs> we're so. This is the mom podcast. We're like, hey, now you're a rock star. It really is the it's mom podcast. Hey, okay. hey. I also have short term memory. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Is this the real life? Is this just <laughs> fantasy? Is this the real life? I mean, of course, is, I'm thinking of Aldo Nova fantasy, but no one in this room this even just, knows who Aldo Nova is. Is this just because you weren't raised in a small town in the '80s? I'm just thinking fantasy by Mariah oh. Carey. Uh, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Oh. oh, that's almost like opera. You could put an opera in here now. Are we allowed yeah. to do that? <laughs> Y'all are. That's <laughs> epic. Yeah. Wow, was not expecting opera lyrics in here. Ah, oh. this is hilarious. I hope everyone's getting a laugh. I can buy myself flowers. <laughs> write my name in the sand. Miley Cyrus. Yes. Ah. Flowers by Flowers. Miley Cyrus. Perhaps you've heard it recently. <laughs> On my workout playlist. I'm just always like, hey. <laughs> oh, no. This is my camera now, I find out. <laughs> no, you did that. This, this one. That's the one. I was like, I knew I wanna, I could I want to inhabit the full space. Yeah. If you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> you Beyonce, single ladies. Thank you. And I got one. Ooh. I mean, ow, it's a good it, hook. If you like the you should have I know, because Beyonce is very verbal. Like those lyrics are dense. Very. So if you, like, for example, ingrained. take your daughter to see Beyonce at Dodger Stadium, like. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Phoebe, do you want to see Beyonce? She's like, yes. And I was like, okay, I don't really know all the songs. I know they're meaningful and I like hearing them, but Correct. I'm not like immediately in the car, windows down, screaming them. And Phoebe stood up and sang every song. So I was like, like, how did you, what is the thing? Single ladies, of course. Even mm -hmm. me. Even mm -hmm. me. She has us all hooked. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. This my shit. Oh, mm -mm. oh, oh. Gwen <laughs> Stefani. Cause I ain't no um back girl, I ain't no holler back girl. Is that holler back girl by Gwen Stefani? Holler back. Would that be holler back girl? Holler back. Here we are. Literally the last one. Here we go. Oh, come on! I have emotional motion sickness. Somebody roll the windows down. That is Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers from her Yay! first album, Stranger in the Oaks. Thank you so much for playing that Thank fun you. game. It was with awesome. Us. It was awesome. Well, now we're going to do this little fun game that we've also been doing called What We've Learned from Our Kids This Week. Okie doke. So, what have you learned from your kids this week? Okay. Um, what I love about Phoebe is because she runs her record label. She has an imprint label. Yes. She runs her band. She's got a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And she's always busy. When she answers the phone, a lot of times when she sees it, somebody like from her team, she'll be like, how can I help you? And I'm like, nice boss move. Hey. Like, how can I help you? Like, it's all about like, how can we move this forward? How can I help you? I really do like that. Or, hey, it's Phoebe. How can I help? I'm like, okay, I really like that. 
And yes. I'm going to go a little further back than a week, but mm-hmm. Jackson, when he was in school, he was a little kid and they were doing, I'm cheating. I'm basically cheating. <laughs> they did a book report about um, Winn-Dixie, you know, because of Winn-Dixie, they made a movie out of it. I mm-hmm. think it's really wholesome, sweet about a dog who helps people overcome stuff. And people went around, they were like, what's this book about? Like, what's the main theme? And people are like, it's about accepting people's differences. It's about overcoming. And Jackson goes, it's about deep sadness is not unusual. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, um, you're totally right. And you will suffer, but in a good way and great. And so deep sadness is not unusual. (laughs) And I feel like Jackson's whole MO is that, like, if you say to him, like, what's the deal with that guy? Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know his story, mom. (laughs) okay he's real how about you i can't you know our son Jaden has cracked a code what we learned from him is that there is a flaw with the technology of opening your phone with your face because uh-huh, he's uh-huh, able uh-huh. to open up oh, his he mom's opens phone. phone with nice. his face. I always with wondered about face. that. No, yeah. it works. You gave him your face, and now he's going to use <laughs> it against you. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so he can hold up the phone and open it. Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Smart. Very smart. And good jeans. Yes. Six years old. <laughs> jeans, jeans, good jeans. Good jeans. Don't you love it when jeans, you wake up knows. late in the morning? Maybe you had went a little hard in the paint the night before, and your phone's like, I don't know who you are. Yes. You're like, really? Yes. Is that what's happening right now? Because I'm I'm puffy? Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't have my lashes on right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Jamie, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I had such a good time. We had had an amazing time. You are truly hilarious (laughs) and in the perfect field, I must say. Thank you. (laughs) We wish you much success in your career in comedy. Thank you. You are in the right field. And also real estate. And And real estate. Somebody oh, has we're to gonna be hitting you up because we may no, potentially be it's my looking, favorite. You know? It's my favorite. You gotta help us get mm-hmm. through some loopholes too, right? With the taxes and stuff. Huh? You know what I love about it? <laughs> You're not the only people who've ever done it. See, you know what I mean? Nothing is unprecedented in real estate. Yes. Yep. There okay. we go. Right. Jamie, if our audience wants to be able to follow you, where can they find you? I'm Nona James on Instagram. Okay. That's probably my most forward facing thing. Probably don't want to follow me on Twitter because it's all politics all the time. It's not fair. <laughs> I'm always mad. And I'm getting off of it anyway. Apparently, we're not supposed to be on it. So, Instagram, I guess. Okay. Nona James. Nona James. And if you guys want to follow us, you can find us at Team, Team Two, Two Moms, Moms on all of our platforms. And make sure to check us out on the Past Your Bedtime YouTube channel or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And every episode comes out on Monday. So please make sure you like, comment, and And subscribe. subscribe. All right, guys. It is Tea to Moms, the podcast. (laughs) All right. Bye. Amazing. Jamie. That was awesome. Bring it in, Jamie. Bring it in. All right.